Alrighty, with me now, he is the CEO and founder of LBRY, which has uh, come under some fire from the U.S. government. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, he's also running for U.S. Senate. He is Jeremy Kaufman. Jeremy, are you ready to roar? Yeah, it's great to be here with you, Mark. Good to have you, brother. And uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, I do want to discuss your Senate campaign, but actually, why don't we just get an update first? Because I know this is something you've been dealing with for a while. Uh, I'm not sure I even understand the full scope of this SEC lawsuit that you've been dealing with. Maybe you can break that down for us and we'll kind of go from there. Give us an update. Well, it's a big deal for cryptocurrency um, because uh, what they're alleging in this case, uh, which is a securities violation, um, they're saying that certain cryptocurrency transactions uh, are, uh, are securities transactions. Uh, the facts in this case would apply to the vast majority of blockchain uh, companies, uh, and so it's a it's a big you know regulatory threat uh, to the industry. Uh, so you know no victim uh, in this case, and it's entirely a civil thing. Uh, so the SEC is just you know uh, you know kind of making this up, um, uh, and uh, because you know they don't want to state the rules. My company, of course, is uh, wants to follow them. Uh, but it's a, you're very difficult to find out what they are. Um, so it's a big deal. However, in terms of update, uh, all that's been true for four years. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of updates, there's very little. Um, we're finally, things are like coming to uh, a bit of a, a head, finally. Um, but there's still like no news. It's all this filing back and forth. Like right now, uh, there's all this back and forth arguing about whether this uh, report that was issued by this expert is going to be allowed to be amended in response mm -hmm. to this stuff. But like, it's nothing concrete. It's all just, uh, you know, very in the weeds kind of not particularly, not particularly even impactful. We have to get to that, that real meat. Um, uh, but that's the way these things go. Unfortunately, what is the actual claim in far of in far in so far as like what rules you're violating? It has to do with issuing, like basically I'll let you, you'll explain it better than I will. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, well, the Securities and Exchange Commission, they regulate securities and they have a definition of securities. Um, I could, we could start going into Securities 101. It's this multi-pronged test. Um, interpreted broadly, uh, you could argue that things like baseball cards are securities. Uh, and so you have this kind of uh, subjective test as to, you know, why are people buying this thing? What are they trying to do with it? You know, um, so uh, and uh, the so there's this 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 test on on whether or not something is a, a security, and so uh, the SEC is arguing. The SEC believes that this applies to basically every cryptocurrency. That every cryptocurrency is a security, and if every cryptocurrency is a security, then it means that you have to uh, trade them in certain ways. Exchanges have to be documented. You know, there's much more regulation to them than if they're. Um, what I would suggest uh, that that many of them are is commodities that they ought to be treated with the same sort of regulations as as you know sort of uh, a metal or some other sort of common thing that's traded. People may speculate in it, uh, but they are buying it for a purpose, uh, and that's ultimately what drives its value. Uh, and it's you know not uh, it's not an investment. It's, uh, it's not, that's not sorry. It's not an investment in the way that a security is. Yeah. Do you know how this? kind of came on their radar in the first place is it do you think it's just because they don't like that lbry and odyssey are out there just kind of being this unregulated platform it seems like like you said they could have picked anything they probably could have picked baseball cards or comic books to go after so what do you think is more of the actual reason that they're specifically going after you here yeah i don't think that helped us uh you know i know the sort of political inclinations of, of mm -hmm. the people that are uh you know investigating us and they have a lot of leeway right like there's a certain group within the sec that has chosen to go after us uh, particularly and i know enough about them that i know that they don't like what we're uh doing in terms of how we came onto their radar i actually don't think it was that like i don't think that stuff helped us right um because they right. have been a lot of people have said uh, uh that they've been like unusually harsh in our case like they've been because we we haven't been i haven't been you know i can be a kind of um ideological guy at times but like i haven't been in this case i don't run my businesses that way like i was mm -hmm. very open and willing to settle uh like because it's a it's really expensive i mean this thing has cost me a tremendous tremendous amount of money both literally speaking um in terms of legal fees as well as even more in opportunity costs yeah. it is uh it's like having a, a scarlet letter. Uh, no one wants to touch you. No one wants to talk to you. It's a real uh, blow to my company's ability to do uh, business. So you're kind of guilty, you know, even before uh, anything is decided. As soon as it's known 
that the SEC is telling you. Know, no one wants to get touched by that. Everyone's scared of them. Everyone's terrified of them. Uh, so it's a very perverse incentive. It's a very terrible kind of um, uh, thing that it creates for people. I, you know, everyone in the, uh, in the industry, you know, we want to be doing productive work. Uh, and it makes it uh, you know, very hard. Well, we will uh, continue to monitor this for hopefully, well, hopefully for not long, because I don't know how long <laughs> this is gonna this going to be this background thing that is just going on there, sort of hanging over you. Within a couple of months, we will um, uh, be through a very big uh, phase, which is a sort of summary judgment. Uh, and that will be, uh, once we're th- through that, uh, that will be a step that no other cryptocurrency, no other case uh, will have gone that far. Uh, so that's where probably it's a, it's a little bit unknown, but I would say less than three months. So leading the way uh, legally for for better, for worse here, I guess, on, on a lot of this stuff. Uh, no confirmation on whether the, the people investigating you have seen the War is Gay video or not yet. Are, are, we, are we aware of that? I, I would like to believe that they I would like to believe that they have. <laughs> they definitely monitor uh, some of our stuff. I think they monitor. The, I, don't, I don't know how much they monitor mine. They certainly monitor the company's stuff. Uh, so we can troll them by being like, you know, what do you want to say to the SEC, uh, which we have done before. So that's a good segue into uh, talking a little bit today about what your U.S. Senate campaign as a libertarian out of New Hampshire. And uh, it's no secret I haven't exactly been uh, the biggest cheerleader of libertarian party politics lately. Uh, but I, I will say in my view, if you're going to do third party politics, if you're going to do something that's you know outside the system, so to speak, you may as well go go as big, bold and ridiculous as you possibly can. And that's pretty much what you did with that war is gay video, which is just one of the most hilarious uh, political ads, if you can call it a political ad <laughs> that I've ever seen. So. Why don't you just start with why you decided to run for, for Senate, and then we can get a little bit more into, into your messaging. Honestly, part of it was to, to, to have some fun. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there, I'm, a very, I'm a serious uh, person. There's some real things that I want to accomplish, right? Like I, 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 I'm, I'm very committed to libertarianism. I live in New Hampshire as part of you know, the Free State Project, and I really want to see uh, you know, liberty actually win. Um, but, you know, the, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm making the ads. Uh, that's not not really working, you know, like that's not, that's not the same way um, uh, that that's something that I'm, I'm getting some enjoyment out of doing. And so the Senate campaign, it's a serious thing, but it's also a chance to kind of do some things with libertarian messaging that I uh, basically wanted to try. Uh, and so, you know, now we get to do that. And so uh, hopefully it's, it is having an impact. I think, I mean, like the, I see the videos getting, you know, passed and shared around a lot. We did a new one which just debuted at Portfest, the climate change one. Uh, I've uh, not seen uh, that yet. Oh, you haven't seen? Oh, man. Uh, so it's very good. I definitely recommend checking that one out. Uh, I also did a great, uh, uh, a great troll of Elizabeth Warren with that one uh, that got probably 100,000 views on that video alone, uh, just like replying to her on uh, Twitter uh, that got to everyone, everyone of all persuasions, uh, you know, arguing about climate change. Which I think is um, really a way to win their <laughs> win their hearts and minds. No, a lot of people got it a lot because it's again it's another satirical one, and a lot of people, um, most people were getting it. So, yeah, uh, it's uh, that part's been really fun. I know you've been at least like somewhat involved with the the Mises Caucus. How much of the fact that you're running as a libertarian right now is due to the Mises Caucus takeover? Do you think you'd even be able to you know get that kind of support if that takeover hadn't hadn't completed? Or have you been kind of around around this area for so long that it was just kind of something that happened to be coinciding with it? No, it's entirely it's entirely because of them. And honestly, they were the ones leading the charge in New Hampshire. Uh, not me. Like I'm not a, a the, it's, it was all the other guys, you know, uh, that ended up on the XCOM and, and all those guys that, you know, were leading the, um, the, the Mises charge. Um, and, you know, I was kind of along for the ride, uh, but I got involved with, you know, some of the comm stuff and you know, they, they were all very supportive and encouraging of me to run. And truthfully, they had to persuade me uh, a little bit. And having already uh, done it this, and I'm, I'm very committed to it. In fact, I feel myself like getting like, kind of more competitive about it day by day because I am a, I am a competitive uh, person, but like I already am like, man, this is a, this is not great. Like being a politician, it's honestly not a lot of fun. Like I already was pretty uh, uh, um, certain that I didn't want to be one, like making the ads is fun, but a bunch of the other stuff, it's like, uh, it's not, I, you know, I don't want to really be a, 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 do all the things that a politician has to do. It's uh 
not, it's not a fun job. What are some of those things you've had to do so far, just even in, in this early stage? You face a lot of scrutiny. Like, and in, in, in my case, actually, it's like all the, uh, like so much drama, like within the LP, uh, like all of the, mm-hmm. all of the political drama, you know, like I like, I guess it's like, I'd rather, I like competition. I like competition in uh, sports. I like competition in business where I'm like competing on this product that I can, uh, you know, deliver. Um, you know, competing on to like how much, you know, getting as many people as possible to like, like you personally, to like vote you, vote for you and that kind of uh, thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not really what I want to spend, uh, you know, my time, uh, my time doing, but I'm competitive. So I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. And I, I have been doing it. We've been doing all the events. Uh, you know, I've been going out on the street, you know, and, and, uh, you know, talking to people, I've been doing, um, uh, you know, doing petitioning, um, been doing, a you know, a, a bunch of different things. Um, uh, we're going to be, um, you know, launching our sort of, um, you know, more on the ground, uh, type stuff, um, as we're, um, uh, you know, as we've been raising enough money to, to do more of these things. When you say you're, you're competitive and you're, you're trying to compete, how much of that is like in the literal sense? Like, do you, do you, are you act, do you actually see yourself competing for this seat in the realistic sense of actually winning this election? Or do you just want to get as many votes as you can? What, what is your metric then? Win, winning is, so we win in a couple of ways. One is uh, we really want to get to 4%. Uh, so getting to 4% does some very big things, including not making us waste time on ballot access the next time around. Uh, but it also lets us do some things that, I honestly don't even want to get into in this uh, show, but they're Justin O'Donnell's ideas, and they're uh, they're so. They're so very, I know they're pretty wild. Then th- no, they're very <laughs> they're very credible. He's uh, he's good at this stuff, and basically with ballot access, we think that the Libertarian Party can then do some additional things to have some outsized impact at the uh, state level. Okay, uh, and so my my race is kind of the vehicle for getting that done, right? Uh, and if we can do that, we can then go on and do some other things. Um, so that's a that's a very real thing to accomplish. Um, the other thing that I I uh, uh, can do uh, is impact uh, the race between the Republican and the Democrat. Force them to talk about me. Force them to acknowledge issues that I want them um, to you know acknowledge um, this this kind of uh, thing, and you know potentially get promises from them. Uh, if I'm able to be attracting people to my side, if they're trying to peel people away from me and being forced to promise things, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so the, if you can be, if you can have enough support that you're, uh, you're at least playing a kind of kingmaker role, you then are having an impact in the race because you can force things to be talked about with that base cares about. All right, gang, I got to take a quick little break to tell you about our good friends, Carlos and Vanessa, the Abelars. They are the founders, the, they are everything, the CEOs, the CFOs, whatever it may be. I'm pretty sure they ship all the stuff themselves over at Paloma Verde CBD. Great sponsors of the show. Great friends. Uh, Carlos is a great podcast. Los Libertinos free plug right there. But what I want you to guys to go and do is to head over to palomaverdecbd.com. That's P-A-L-O-M-A-V-E-R-D-E-C-B-D.com. That's right. I spelled it out for you right there. So there are really no more excuses. Pick out a fantastic CBD product. They have salves, they have creams, they have treats for your pets. They have incredible, incredibly tasting gummies. They have it all, and CBD has been fantastic. It has really helped me out with a lot of the aches and pains I have gotten as a 40-something-year-old man. Helps me sleep. Uh, just fantastic products. You're not going to find better than you will at Paloma Verde CBD. Best part, you get 20% off your order when you use discount code ROAR. And free shipping over $75. You just can't beat that. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Use discount code ROAR at checkout. And I know that, out of, at least out of all states that, like, the Free State Project in New Hampshire has been pretty successful of getting some actually decent Republicans, I believe, in, in a decent number of, of statewide and local offices there in New Hampshire. So is, is there a reason besides just that you've, you know, you've the Mises Caucus came to you and you got more involved in the party? Is there like a strategic reason why it makes more sense for you to do this kind of campaign other than the fact, I don't know if the Republicans would let you have that, that Wars Gay video, other than that, to do this campaign through like the Libertarian Party as opposed to doing what some other free staters have, have done and trying to win a local office as a Republican? Or is this really just more about that 4% and trying to help the Libertarian Party get get their foot in the door? 
No, so everything I said is uh, is very big. I will I will give another reason because and I don't I don't um, like to hide you know all my motivation. Sometimes people say Jeremy has like some 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 uh, you know once he's not saying like I'll go I'll be very clear about this. I like advertising New Hampshire. It's a big part of why I I do uh, almost all of my libertarian activism actually is oriented towards that idea because I believe this is the way the libertarians can really win by concentrating. Uh, in one state, I believe we are, you know, winning and this thing can accelerate, you know? And so, yeah, absolutely. That's like, that is part of why, uh, uh, I agreed to run because I think, you know, let's do things, let's make some noise, right? Because we are, uh, we're the best, you know, and let's be, uh, you know, let's be loud. Um, and so that's definitely a part of it as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about the seat. I, th- I believe it's an open seat that was held by, I think it was Maggie Hassan for a long time. And so now it's it's kind of an open seat in, in that sense. But do you have, because you're talking about, you know, if, if you could kind of get some concessions from one candidate or the other, depending on how close that race is. So I'm curious, does, is there any projections for how close that race might actually be? I think we still don't even know the uh, the candidates. So it, we, uh, it's extremely close. So to me, the most uh, worthwhile predictions to follow are uh, not the polls, but the betting markets. I think the betting markets give you the best uh, predictive odds. And the betting markets for the Senate race have uh, D versus uh, R at like 60-40 D. Uh, wow. So it's like very close. No matter. And that's generically because we don't even know who those candidates are yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hassan versus, versus the whoever would win the, yeah, yeah, versus any R. Oh, so is it Hassan again running for that same seat? Maybe I, maybe I mixed that up earlier. She's running again as the Democrat. Okay. She's a lock. Gotcha. I mean, maybe I don't know. If she technically has a primary, but she is 100 percent a lock. Yeah. And I'm sure you are uh, well, very familiar with uh, Bruce Fenton, who's running for uh, that is in, actually in that same primary in the Republican primary running for that seat. I- I'm just curious if it, if it turned out now, I'm sure he's fighting an uphill battle of his own there, uh, you know, in, 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 within the Republican establishment there in, in New Hampshire. But would it change your perspective on running in that election if, say, someone like Bruce Fenton was the Republican candidate, would you be more hesitant about wanting to make that difference, uh, you know, potentially even cost, you know, pulling away from that uh, were someone as good as him on a lot of issues, uh, you know, were he to be the candidate or would you be kind of looking at this the exact same way no matter what? Well, I don't know how I could really pull people away from Bruce because I think there's very few things that Bruce and I, you know, actually disagree on. So, you know, maybe what I would do is I would look at Hey, why were there a hundred people from the left, or several hundred people? I don't know how many. It was a bunch protesting Hassan when she was declaring her candidacy uh, because they didn't like Hassan's stance on immigration. Hmm, maybe I'd talk about immigration, uh, you know, a little bit more or a lot more. Maybe all of my mailers would target, you know, the things that uh, you know libertarians uh, are, you know, sort of to the I don't know to the left is the right term, but you know, maybe change the way you talk about some things. Uh, in a way that uh, you're having the right kind of impact. Would you ever foresee yourself if it was close? I mean, this is a a lot of a dream scenario, really. This would be an amazing scenario, an amazing problem to have, I guess, if it looked like, say, someone like Bruce Fenton was like, you know, polling at 50% or 49% or something, and Jeremy Kaufman is polling at three or four, would you consider doing something like, you know what, this is this is too real, guys. You guys should all go go vote for Bruce Fenton. Or would, they, would that not affect the way you were, the way you're running your campaign? The, it, yes. Granted, amazing scenario to happen, not, you know. Yeah, that, uh, look, there there is, I'm not, I, 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 sorry if this makes me like a bad libertarian, but like, I, 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 cause I don't care. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, I wasn't interested in dealing with this bullshit when I, you know, with the, with the libertarian <laughs> party, because like, look, I know I'm unequivocally a libertarian. I know what I, you know, what I care about. Some of this LP drama, like, I don't care. Bruce is great. I'm not going to say a negative word about Bruce. I'm not going to say if Bruce can win the election, I'm not going to stop Bruce from winning. All right. Like we can get, I'm not, I'm not going to go through like every hypothetical and like specifically what I would do because I haven't thought through them all, but I have zero interest. And will not stop Bruce Fenton from getting elected. Not gonna gotcha. happen. Gotcha. Well, that that couldn't be more clear. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit more about like your actual campaign and and what you're trying to do with the messaging here. So let's just start with the War Is Gay video because when I saw that, I thought it was the funniest damn thing I, I ever saw in my life. And I think I probably watched it like five times the first time. So like, and I wasn't not even really in the, Oh, I, Oh, this is going to be a great campaign sense. Just in like, this is a hilarious video sense. The kind of thing that can just get people's attention outside of politics anyway. So why don't you start with that video? Where did the idea for that video 
come up come from and uh, maybe we can get into more of like how that ties into your messaging yeah well the the a lot of the uh the ad ideas were kind of um brainstormed you know relatively on the fly and we thought that that was one of the better ideas so we did film that one uh earlier and it came out you know really well and that was the first one uh you know that we we ended up releasing um but the idea you know it, it, you you see this um theme in in really all of them that have been released thus far. And I think they'll probably continue to be this way. And maybe just like saying they're all the same ruins it, but you know, you're basically like take it's you're taking a position and you're just like, kind of like amplifying it or, you know, doing it uh, to its extreme or doing it in an especially like blunt way, you know, or things like this. Um, and uh, you can do it in a way that's funny and it gives people, I think it makes it easier to share uh, the ideas. It makes it easier uh, especially with you know anything that can be like dicey to talk about, I think using humor is a great way for there to be some kind of like um, you know sort of additional um, safety in introducing or talking about it than you know being this this blunt and direct uh, you know kind of uh, way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Now I'm just like I'm just giving this like really serious answer. But, like you know, why are jokes funny? Uh, well, that's you know, good. Why are good? Like, I don't, <laughs> well, let me read you the 17 reasons mathematically why. Now, I mean, it, it's funny because like. Even knowing, like, obviously, the first time I watched this, it's called War is Gay. I know it's not going to be serious, yet you still kind of suck, you know, in the beginning, you kind of suck me in. It's like, oh, this is going to be a, a very serious breakdown, you know, talking about you're about to show this family being blown up by U.S. bombs. And it's it, so but it is, too, you know, even though you are making a whole joke of or the, the system is a, a joke of itself already. And you're kind of highlighting that more than anything. Um, but you are still conveying and uh, even though you're talking about this diversity stuff and, and that's what the real joke is. It still is layered over top a very serious issue that, you know, everybody in our circles are really passionate about. So it's not like it's, it's not like it's not even delivering the message. It's delivering the message, but also, you know, doing it in this, it's hilarious way. Yes. Thank you. And a lot of credit to, uh, uh, to Dan Smots, well, of course, uh, of yes. course. Uh, so much of the, the, the um, genius is his, uh, uh, you know, with, with the construction of, uh, of all that stuff. I mean, if you need to make something gay, Dan's your guy. Yeah. That's what I always yeah. say. Just, yeah. You know, just wait till you see our abortion ads, you know? So, Oh God, you're, you're not joking either. <laughs> are you? Uh, you know, we'll see. I, you know, we don't release everything we film, so I can't promise anything. I'm very much excited about that. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit more about like <laughs> how you can see. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm frightened and excited about it. Let's no. just put it that way. I'm going to, if it doesn't get released, I'm going to get some of the stuff from the cutting room floor. I, I, have, I have an inside line on, on Dan, but I have some uh, some blackmail stuff over him. But I, I'm curious, like, how you see this, because I, I know you, like, your big passion is really, like you mentioned earlier, drawing more people into not just the ideas of liberty and libertarianism, but like the Free State Project and uh, what's going on in New Hampshire, which is really just not a lot of it's outside the politics. Obviously, this is all kind of wrapped in politics in a way. But how how do you see or even how have you seen some of this stuff like making this video, the war is gay video or some of the other messaging that you put out there, whether it's on Twitter or what have you, do you see that as conditioning people to kind of accept like the Liberty movement more, or do you actually see this as a way you could then say, Hey, who is this guy anyway? Oh, Senate in New Hampshire, running for Senate in New Hampshire. What the hell's going on in New Hampshire? Like how, how do you see this stuff correlating to people becoming more interested in, in your real passion here, which is the free state project? So, I mean, so there's a mix of things I want to be in, in I, I want to be clear, like, there's not like one thing. There's not like, because so the, there's a confluence of like beneficial things. So it might be that someone who is like into LP stuff, who, uh, you know, ends up finding me through them, ends up finding New Hampshire, you know, that, that's the kind of thing, um, you know, that could happen. The ads could also have the effect, you know, I know that these, I, I know that the war and gay, the war is gay one in particular, um, was getting shared in uh, conservative uh, circles. Mm -hmm. Because conservatives aren't funny, right? Yeah. So that's the libertarians need to come in here, okay? And we can steal them uh, with our incredible uh, sense of humor. And uh, so, uh, you know, so I know now, I mean, this point of funny conservatives, but the, the, uh, they, the, they were sharing that, right? Like, and it got, um, it was getting passed around in those circles. And so, yeah, I mean, how can that not, right? You're, this, you're, I'm a libertarian candidate. They're enjoying it. They're agreeing with it. I mean, that obviously improves the, the brand, you know, sort of affinity. I would hope that these ads are, you know, um, improving. And I'm not trying to be a vermin supreme, right? I'm not trying to be this guy who's in like in character all the time. And then, cause I can then come on and be, we can have the serious conversations 
you know, we can talk about policy. I'm going to make actual, you know, statements for the people who care about that stuff. But we're also going to be doing this because this is a way that can have uh, appeal far bigger than just being like, well, my policy would be this, this, and this, and expecting that to be, you know, how you're going to actually get anywhere. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of curious about when you're when you're out there running this campaign. How much of the campaign is like the Jeremy Kaufman that I see on Twitter and in the War is Gay video, and then how much of that campaign is like Jeremy Kaufman, the businessman, Jeremy Kaufman, the father, or or is it really just? I mean, it's all it's all Jeremy Kaufman in the end, I guess. Oh, I'm like I'm certainly not in like in character ever in person in events or anything <laughs> like that. You know, no, I'm not. I'm not doing the boot on the head act. You know, like yeah, no, that's not that's not me. Uh, it's really just, it's really like just the ads and even then it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I guess it's really just the ads. Yeah. Do you find like when you're, I I don't know how much quote unquote, like real, real campaigning you've done. Have you been doing the, the, like on the ground, like have been holding campaign events and that kind of thing, or has it been more of a digital campaign so far? Uh, we have been, uh, uh, we have been doing, uh, on the ground events as well as the, uh, you know, petitioning, which ends up being like sort of one, cause you end up just like talking to people and, 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 you know, uh, and, and, in public and meeting them and so on. Um, and we have been doing events. We're doing an event, uh, this, um, uh, Saturday we're going, uh, you're shooting at a private range. Uh, so we're also going to be, um, um, uh, uh, you know, inviting people there. I think there's that we have an events calendar. I don't know. There's like an event, like every weekend, uh, or so where there's you know something going on. So, yeah, uh, that 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 part of the campaign has actually been happening. I've been trying to the other, so I will say like I've been trying to figure it out. You know, like how do you, um, you know, what actually works? You know, using that kind of entrepreneurial sense because I've never been a politician before, right? So I've never had to think about these questions as to I like I've been um, I have been trying to raise money. So I will say, if you're listening to this, you could donate to my campaign, Jeremy4nh.com/slash/donate. Um, as I've been thinking about how do I spend, uh, you know, we've only raised, I don't know, we've raised like $20,000 so far or something. So like not some crazy amount of money, but still I have money now to deploy. What's the most effective way um, to deploy it? I've got a kid, I've got an opponent who has like $7 million or something like this. Right. Um, so uh, again, and, I, and I'm not saying it's realistic to, to win, but if you were going to make the most impact and you only have $20,000, you know, what do you do? You, you've got to kind of think outside the box. Uh, uh, I imagine that's actually a pretty high budget for a normal libertarian party Senate candidate at this juncture. Is it not? Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, hopefully. I don't, I, hopefully not, I guess. No, hopefully not. I mean, I, hopefully, I, hopefully, I, hopefully not, yeah. but possibly yes. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully yes for you, but ho- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I don't, um, and I think, I, I think actually we'll, we'll, We'll get in, um, um, you know, some more because I haven't really made like the hardest of pushes yet. And we started, we did the first two ads didn't even include like clear donate drives. The third ad, I actually to put in some donate links in there. And I, we've seen some like, just like, hey, you know, this ad, you know, people just say, hey, who's this? I don't know, someone who saw the ad and didn't choose to, to uh, donate. And so that would be, that would be awesome if they end up being like, um, um, you know, something they could really do that for us. But I don't know how that, how realistic that is. Do you find there in New Hampshire now? I mean, I've, Spent some time in Florida, I guess, over, over the last few months, kind of been back and forth a little bit. And I, I know there that pretty much every time you walk in somewhere, you know, it's it's like, oh, someone else is moving to Florida. You always hear about people just moving to the state. And I suppose it's like thousands of people a day are, are moving to the state. Are you finding a lot of people moving to New Hampshire that are, are not necessarily moving there because they're libertarians or moving there because they heard about the Free State Project necessarily, but moving there just to escape much worse situations whether they're escaping a blue city like i was in like los angeles that was just one of the worst places you could be during covid or you know some other thing like that they're just they're they're just less ideological but more just taking action to to change their lives for the better where obviously uh, looking at a lot of the basics like new hampshire is certainly going to be an improvement over well uh, you would argue every state but i mean at least objectively over almost any of these you know blue blue states yeah yeah and we don't need to do the the state-by-state slog thing unless you really want (laughs) to but uh uh, but uh, the uh, um, absolutely, uh, and in fact, because I'm like w- one of those nerds, I can even just like give you a couple of the, like stats real quick. Yeah, it's sure. uh, it was around um, New Hampshire's population increased by something like ten to fifteen thousand people uh, in 2021, um, and so of course, like it's not like the majority of those were free staters, right? Like free staters were record, but you know, um, and uh, it's uh, it's all it is uh, all though it's like ninety percent of people who are registered. It's like ninety percent 
So like excluding independents, it's like 90% Republicans to Democrats, like 90, 10. Of the new people like moving in. Of the, of the, of the Delta of the new, yeah. Of the new people uh, coming in. And it's primarily people from the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, with Massachusetts being the number one state. So I oh, will yeah. say that, uh, that, yeah. that I'm sure they're pouring over the border. <laughs> no, but see the, all the data again says, and this is like this boring, th- I don't even, I don't know why I'm spending time correcting this. No one cares, but it's like, it's actually not the mass people. The mass people are better than average. Well, that actually think. sort it's of not, makes sense yeah, in a way. Yeah. Why would the blue, the blue Democrats, they're not the ones, it's the, it's the Republicans that are frustrated with the gun laws and all this stuff who are the ones being like, I can pay lower taxes and just live in New Hampshire. Like they're the ones who are coming up. It's, sure. it's a self, it's, you know, so. Like people in Florida shouldn't be worried about me. <laughs> they should be worried. I mean, you know, the kind of people that are going to move for for COVID reasons somewhere, especially, are not going to be the kind of the same kind of people you're worried about. You'd probably be more worried about the people that are moving from Vermont because they found a, a nicer lake house or something like that. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The people from Connecticut who are like, I want a lake, I want a lake house in, uh, in New Hampshire. Yeah. And I will say, dude, so Newsom ran this ad in uh, Florida. Uh, like encouraging people, saying like, of course he still he still makes it about freedom, uh, but like because like, you know, it's like you know the adults say, "Gay Florida isn't free anymore, and you should move to California." Dude, it's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, this is the future. I almost want to pay for that ad to run. Like yeah, I, I want him to yeah. find those people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, in your way, in, in many ways, I guess you could view your campaign as like. You're, you're the Gavin Newsom of, of the for the Free State Project here. Like you're you're trying to go around and you know perhaps just advertise why this is such an awesome place. Uh, it's a place that lets this guy who uh, who made the Warriors Gay video uh, be taken seriously, depending on how you want to look at it as a Senate candidate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, I, I mean, I, and I think I think there already is kind of uh, that perception. Uh, and not, I don't think it's incorrect, by the way, given all the LP and H stuff that goes on. That like you know LP and H is. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, it's a fun, uh, affiliate. It's a very active affiliate. There's a bunch of people here. We don't hold back. You know, we're not ashamed of, you know, we're the, like, we're the, we're the libertarians, like in the, you know, bikinis or, you know, swinging our dicks at the pride parade <laughs> at the libertarian pride parade. You know, that's like, you know, no, I, I got the analogy. A, I'm making it up as I go. I'm making it up. I totally get the analogy, but I didn't ask your age, Mark, by the way. And I, this, I don't want to. Well, you didn't tell me to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough to hear it. I think I'm old, I'm old enough to hear about dick swinging at least. Um, man, that was so funny that I totally forgot what I was about to follow up with. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're, I guess it, I'll follow up with that. If you're the libertarian dick swingers, basically, um, and you're basically the ones that are saying like, look, this is where hardcore liberty is. You know, this is where extreme liberty is. This is where you're going to get the real shit basically. Right. Uh, do you, do you see that as like, I, I, maybe we can just talk more about how you see the Libertarian Party and the Mises Caucus generally as a vehicle? Because I, I am curious, like, if you're messaging through the Libertarian Party and you're swinging the big Libertarian dick or whatever, um, I'm going to let that one go. And like, does do you, do you see that affecting the way people view you that are, say, they're coming into the state of New Hampshire because they're Republicans or because they see the Republican Party as being more likely to protect them from COVID tyranny or sort of, or that, that sort of thing. And then they see you, maybe you're, you know, swinging the big Liberty dick, but they're like, but you're not, why aren't you on our team? Why aren't you on our same side with these issues? Do you see any kind of conflict and how that can come across politically? If you're, and I don't mean the same team philosophically. I just mean like you're literally in a, in a different political team than they are. I think the attitude, I can't speak for everyone in the Libertarian party in New Hampshire, but I think that the predominant opinion and certainly my opinion is that it's like about liberty over party and so we're not interested in like there are we we think there are great uh plenty of great republicans i think there are plenty of great republicans i donate to uh republicans um uh i mean i was just uh you know talking up uh uh you know jason osborne uh who was like trending nationally on uh on twitter uh yesterday uh who's the house majority leader who's a free stater who moved here from michigan house majority leader and he tweeted that uh you know you should uh um, instead of, um, um, you know, buying hot dogs, it'd be, you know, healthier to buy ammunition or something. I ruined it. He said it better than that, yeah, but yeah. whatever. It was very, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, provocative and it went, uh, you know, nationally trending. Look at these crazy, uh, people, you know, plenty of, uh, of, uh, uh, of people have the attitude of like, you know, not, um, uh, uh, so, um, supporting people like that, like, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're very friendly towards them. 
Yeah. So do you think that what you're doing with this Senate campaign and the way you're trying to message to draw more libertarians in to the, either the ideas or the state, do you think that can work the way the libertarian party is? And I know a lot of the focus is locally there too, but the way the, the Mises caucus is trying to do that with the LP national, with that like more bold messaging that, that you mentioned, is it, is it the same kind of concept? Like, do you think that can work on with sort of a, a national political party? I, I think the more people, the stronger your base is, the more you have the ability to get things done generally, like to do other coalitional stuff. And there is other stuff happening, by the way, like people in the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire are involved in all kinds of different ways, right? We have people here who work with the Liberty reps to, you know, write bills and introduce bills and, and all kinds of stuff, right? So again, because we have, we do have a cooperative and friendly attitude towards, um, um, you know, towards anyone uh, uh, who's pro-Liberty. Um, wait. I fucking lost the thread of the conversation. Wait, what question was I answering? <laughs> uh, I'm still stuck on uh, Liberty Dick swinging around. So yeah, uh, no, we, we're we're talking about whether like whether LP National can if they can oh, use that yeah. strategy. So, yeah, yeah, draw people to your side. Right. So, we like, were kind of talking about the Liberty Dick putting, swinging. <laughs> if they're putting it's well, it doesn't I'm not saying Dick swinging is the only way to draw people to your side. That's not my. That want to be clear. Like there are other ways you can draw people to your side. You can draw people to your side by writing the best policy papers and having the best, you know, like there are people, there, there are people who care about, um, this with, with the bold stuff. I'm never saying only do this, only be bold, right. only have the, it, have as big a frontier of messaging as you can. That's attractive to different, um, people, right there, there, I think there's this big avenue of being bold. That's untapped. There are people who want this, who aren't getting it. And, and you can uh, be tapping that. But I'm not saying, you know, do only that. So you should be doing all this stuff. Get as many people as you can. Get them committed to you and your cause and your brand, and be and and have them be proud of it. Have them want to talk about being a part of it. All of this stuff, and and there's a, a huge power in that, and that can be deployed in all kinds of ways. Whether that's drawing attention to things, whether that's um, you're demanding something uh, you know be done about this, whether that's uh, you're forcing politicians to talk about or acknowledge things, right? Even if it's, I mean, and as a, this is maybe a bad example, um, uh, but um, because it didn't happen and there are probably better ones, but like even just all the talk of, Oh, we'll, we'll, um, uh, will Assange get pardoned or whatever. Like that's because that's a very popular issue among the sort of like libertarian populist base. There's people who talk about that all the time. Once you have that sort of like, um, you know, free Ross, once you have that, that, that bundle of, of energy of people around something, it, <clears throat> even if it's just pandering, I mean, you, it, it it starts to uh, uh, create a momentum towards it actually happening. Do you think that the the Libertarian Party vehicle can be used to not just draw attention to issues or draw people into the philosophy? Because um, I think that's all all well and good if that can work. Do you think it can even work beyond that if if the party is to continue to grow? To, to the extent of actually affecting legislation at a, at a national level, actually affecting, I mean, how, how far, I guess, do you, and I know you're not like the Libertarian Party diehard or anything like that, so I'm not asking you to defend you know, the whole strategy or anything. I'm just kind of curious how you see that sort of boldness and the boldness doesn't have to be like you said you know just the you know it doesn't have to be wars gay videos doesn't have to be bombastic tweets it could also just be like the most fucking awesome position on 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 it and not and not being not not trying to hide that you know by taking that not doing the bill well gary johnson messaging by doing the more of the the dave smith style messaging do you think that that can actually influence the political scene overall is, is what i'm saying i guess as opposed to just the our scene as opposed to just drawing more people into the scene. Well, well, but I guess I'm saying is like, that's part of how you do influence the national scene. Like the more of a base that, that, that you have, then the more that you are going to end up um, being talked about. And I do think that, that some of the people associating with the LP now, like uh, they have more reach than already than, than people have had in, in the past, you know, especially with the you know, more and more stuff being consumed on, on you know, YouTube and of course Odyssey, uh, you know, and things like that. Uh, so, uh, but I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, you know, I, I will say, I also like don't spend a ton of time pondering about that side of it yeah. because it's really not like, like, I think, I, I think the more libertarians, the better. I want the LP to grow. I think the current LP, it wants to use the national campaign, uh, certainly to get more libertarians, but I also think their pragmatic approach is going to be more sort of, uh, I mean, yeah, they want to do the coalitional issue stuff, but I think they're also trying to do localist 
uh, stuff. Like, you know, yeah. um, obviously not all in on the Free State Project, but other ways of, you know, can we do Liberty Pockets? Where can we do, uh, you know, how can we get um, something going? It seems like they're going to be very supportive of that idea generally. Yeah, that, that's the other end. And that's, that's the, I think, the end of things that I can see more possibilities. And if, if maybe in some way the, the Mises Caucus could be like, a free state project of wherever of the, of the certain localities where it, where they're already gathered together. And let's say we have the, you know, this, this certain pocket of people that we've already identified as our Mises caucus in this area, then you could almost do like a mini, a mini free state project for any state, like come gather in this area and we can win local elections or that sort of thing. Yeah. It's hard though. So I'll tell you, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this today and I wasn't even sure what to say about it. Um, so, like these states are um, uh, giving out money again. Like California and Massachusetts are giving out money, right? And so, like we're libertarians, like we get it. You know, it's like it's so obvious that uh, uh, you know that when you're um, uh, you're just giving out money, just printing money, uh, just just pumping out money, that that's the cause of inflation, right? Increasing the amount of money, uh, and then that's what they do, and then it happens. And then everyone's mad about it. And then they're like, we're just going to do it again. Right. And we're just, and it's like, how is it that we, it's because it doesn't even seem like it's that complicated of an idea, right? It seems like this one, this isn't some, this isn't some esoteric idea about, well, you have to understand like bottom up or the free market will provide. Like this seems like it's actually pretty straightforward. They made more money. So your money is worth less. Like that's like, I feel like IQ, you know, 90 or so could be getting this idea, right? It's not, you don't have to be a genius. And, uh, we can't like get through the people on this one. Why do you think that is? I'm not trying to like put you on the spot because I like I was like I don't know because I actually don't know why. I want to make because I want, I want and I want to make people understand. It. Well, I think there's a reason that those policies are are um, are happening in like California or in Massachusetts because in those localities specifically, at least more so, like it, it's really just. They don't, they think that talk of economics is like, is like dirty white man talk. It's like, it's like this voodoo, this voodoo that white people talk about to, to continue the oppression of what have you. It's, it's where the wokeness is so strong that yes, that, that should seem like a very basic, like my son, my stepson understands it when I explain to him why prices are going up at the store. Like he, he's like, oh yeah, that's that they shouldn't do that. So he gets it. Um, so why don't these other people get it? But I don't think it's. I think that in those areas, it's not about getting it. It's just, it's, it's not there to be gotten in the first place, which is why like there are just some areas that like Los Angeles, like probably Boston, where there would just be no point in even trying to be involved in politics or trying to influence people because look who you're dealing with. These are the same people that are buying toilet paper for a, for a virus essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, next question on the Jeremy Kaufman show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking through my ideas, you know? Uh, yeah. No, I like it. No, I like it. Cause I, I, I like when I get to answer questions on, on my own show because sometimes <laughs> I run out of questions, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting to look at the, the potentiality of the Mises caucus. If you remove it from what a lot of the drama on Twitter is about, which is, you know, I'm, I'm certainly share my, my, my fair share of guilt at times for, for getting involved in it. But if you just remove that, that so much of the talk is around, whether it's Dave Smith or, or taking over the party or whatever that that stuff is, it seems like the really less important stuff to what could happen with just forget, forget even what it's called. Forget if it's called Mises caucus or what have you. It's a number of like, like-minded people that share a similar belief organized in a certain way. Now, what, what can those people do on the ground together? Like, and, th- and that's kind of what I hear the most about uh, when talking to people in the Mises caucus, it's what I hear the, the number one thing being the most positive ven- benefit is the community that's been built from it and the people that are connected from it and how much they can help each other. So I, I do w- wonder if, if the sort of the free state project model is almost like a better one for the LPMC to take locally, at least in terms of how they view, might view success. Yeah, absolutely. And that, but that's, yeah. And, and, and yes, that's, uh, that, that's very much in line with what, um, um, with that, with what I was, um, you know, trying to say, um, uh, earlier about like, yes, forming these networks and that, um, and, and these groups, um, that's, you know, that's where, um, uh, the power comes from. And that becomes something where, um, it, it can be, um, it could potentially be sort of, I don't know, deployed is the wrong word, but it can have all kinds of different, um, uh, you know, p- powerful impacts. And I think we, and I, and I guess, you know, with these questions, I guess part of it, um, you, 
uh, why I'm, I'm, I'm saying these things is even if we don't figure them out, you know, someone might be listening and it's like, we have more than ever this ability to have an impact um, with social media. Like it's so easy. Like you can just like make a post. I mean, it's not so easy in the sense that you have to, it's very difficult to actually come up with the, the, the message, but it's so easy in the sense that it's like so theoretically possible, right? If you compare it to any other time in history, if you had some idea that you wanted to get across, yeah. like yeah. the viability, the theoretical possibility of like, oh, I want to communicate something to all of America when it's like 1700, you know, compared like to the you know, war is gay video in yeah, 1985. Yeah. No one's going to yeah. see that because no one's going to yes. put it. No one's going to sell exactly. it to a TV station. That's going to say, oh, yes, we should run this video. That sounds like a good idea. Like that's just never going to happen. Exactly. You could have made had yeah, made the most viral shit. I mean, yeah, there's some possibility like written only, I guess, at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they some print to maybe, but it, you know, very, you know, very, not nearly the same. And, um, and so it's like, we have this potential. So whether it's on, on getting across ideas around inflation or whatever it might uh, you know, be, we have the ability to have you know, uh, a real impact, I think, ourselves. All right. Well, Jeremy, you, you've been on this show making the case for the Free State Project uh, in detail. So I'll link to that that episode. I think it was a few years ago when we last like did that full breakdown. But you know, it's been a couple of years of COVID stuff. And like we touched on earlier, people are moving to different states. Um, a lot of people are moving to Florida is the one that gets all the, the headlines, I guess, out there. But uh, you know, we're not going to we're not going to break down all the reasons why it's better than every state one by one. But why don't you just make the pitch for why? Obviously, you still believe if you're a liberty minded person and you're already look, if you're already on your way out of a Los Angeles or a San Francisco or New York City, whatever it may be. Why should they be steering towards New Hampshire, in your opinion? I was invited to do a talk on this there's uh you know 45 minutes long so let me begin uh by saying that uh <laughs> if you're interested in that you should go uh find it. it's gonna be on youtube very soon uh, and odyssey but uh the i actually think it's not about the um policies like the policies are evidence of the free state project working and i could go through them and it's a long list there's a lot and, yeah. yeah and we did like Everything right on you know vaccine passports and mandates and restricting the state and we cut taxes, we cut spending and blah 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 blah. And uh, the federal government can't enforce gun laws and, and school va- and school choice and et cetera, et cetera. But like that's all evidence of it working. Um, but like the the sort of like subjective benefit or of uh, of of like being here, like you know, if you're all of a sudden paying five percent less taxes. Like that's not actually going to be the biggest factor in your quality of life. Like it's like, you know, if you get a five percent, like your people's happiness is not generally decided by like a five or 10% race, you know? Uh, and so it's like that if, if that's the sort of on the margin policy and, and under COVID, some stuff was maybe bigger, um, you know, but it's really, it's really the other things. It's the fact that, you know, um, you know, you would have these, um, the, the sort of libertarian community, the libertarian networks um, that are available to you, whether that's social events uh, or you know, my kids have libertarian peers, so they're learning libertarian values. You have libertarian parents. I tend to see more eye to eye with them. The non-libertarian parents, you sort of just more immediately get along. Um, you, you don't have to, uh, you know, socially, you don't might not have to like bite your tongue and, or as much or all these other things. Like I think these are big. Sort of, yeah, kind of be nice to not wonder if like your kids' parents like want you to stab your child with <laughs> or something like that. You know, with a- <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I think the biggest in terms of like quality of life, in terms of like why I'm happy that I moved here, like the 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 policies are great. They're evidence that it's working and we're achieving more political power. Like if, if, if you zoom out and you, all you care about is like, will the free state project succeed in its political ambitions? Right. Then I think that the evidence is very strong, but in terms of like why you personally should move, like that's not actually why it's the sort of, it's the sort of what, what's available to you in terms of your quality of life from all of the stuff that's going on, the networks, all these things, um, uh, you're raising a family that I think are really like the subjective, selfish reason that an individual should move like today and so i really think what people should do is just visit uh come if uh, uh, pork fest is a great starter event although it just happened um we're gonna have a bunch of events in the fall we're gonna have tours and shit but you can come anytime uh, fsp.org slash visit we have a real human being who will just like talk to you and help you plan a trip because there's stuff going on all the time it's not just a it's not an fsp chatbot just like- it's not chatbot yeah no, because there's like, you know, there's like the libertarian equivalent of everything. Like there's like, you know, there's like a libertarian um, mountain bike gang now. And all the, all the, all the free state mountain bikers, you know, have their regular mountain bike. You know, so it's like, and almost anything that you're into, uh, 
Yeah, Dan Smots put footage of uh, there's footage of me playing Magic the Gathering in Dan Smots Porkfest videos. So now that secret's out, and I can uh, the world the world can know. Uh, you know, so there's uh, I, I was uh, playing in like in like <laughs> 1995 or something like that, but I don't know where my cards are anymore, sadly. Yeah. Uh, so there's like that, that's the kind of thing is it's like, you can come and like, you know, um, there's, <clears throat> there's so many of us here that there's like some sort of equivalent group for like everything. Uh, and so you can, you know, come and meet people and do stuff like that. And I think that's like the way better way than like, don't do all this online research, like come and come for, you know, just come for a visit, whether it's a couple of days a week, whatever, just kind of come check it out. Well, the benefit to, to rushing to move to New Hampshire is if you hurry, you could actually vote for Jeremy Kaufman, potentially, if you like. Yes. So uh, why don't you just wrap up letting everybody know uh, exactly how they, I think you mentioned the website earlier, but how all the ways they can help you out, help the campaign and plug away and anything else you got. Uh, so number one thing you could do is that if you could donate uh, even just 10 or $20 goes a really uh, long way. If you like the messaging that I've been putting out, um, I'd really appreciate it. Jeremy4nh.com slash donate. Uh, you can also join the campaign Discord uh, from the website or get involved in other ways through there. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Kaufman. And you can find me on Odyssey at K-A-U-F-F-J. Those are the places I am. Jeremy, thanks a lot, brother. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring, man. Thanks, Mark. All right, kiddies. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeremy Kaufman, Libertarian Party Senate candidate. That's right. I'm still having libertarians on my show, so just calm down, everybody. I have everybody on my show who's uh, interesting and has some great ideas, and Jeremy certainly meets those qualifications, especially with the fantastic work he has done on LBRY slash Odyssey. Of course, you can find all Lions of Liberty videos over on Odyssey. That's actually where we prefer you go subscribe and support us uh, if you're into the video purchase of the show we have most of our stuff on youtube some of it is just well look it's gonna get strikes it's something like my, my interview with hervoyer maurice last week that one we didn't even bother putting it on youtube uh but either way you're gonna be able to get access to all of these live as they happen if you subscribe to the lions of liberty on patreon at patreon.com slash lions of liberty over on locals at lionsofliberty.locals.com as well. Check out my other podcast with my friend Remzo Martinez, the Second Print Comics Podcast. Next week, we're going to be doing an interview with Eric July, uh, who, of course, many in this audience are very familiar with. He is launching a brand new, very non-woke, decidedly non-woke comic book company, The Ripperverse. I'm very stoked to talk to him about that, so be sure to go subscribe to the Second Print Comics YouTube. We'll be streaming that live there. And uh, that's all I've got. So until next week, my friends, I have Simply one remaining request, and that is two. Live long and live free and live free and live free and live free. And live free. And live free. And live free.